0: you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast john russell's art caterers and milltown pies who offer fantastic catering services alexander grace law who provide modern and client-led legal services and SBE furnishings who offer high quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices
1: yeah what what brought you know was there something that kicked you into into gear to think that right from now i'm going to knuckle down how
2: old were you then Yeah, uh, so went 2011. Went to 21. Yeah, 2021. i met my wife, Jez, funnily enough. Yeah, I met my wife and, you know, she deserves some credit yeah. uh, for that, for, for helping me settle down. And we, we we sorted each other out, if that makes sense. Shelley yeah. will probably admit that she wasn't in a great place at the time um, and we needed each other at the time. Um, unfortunately, initially, I put a lot of weight on, as you can probably remember back then. I put a lot of weight on because I'd stopped party and uh, started eating at weekends rather than just staying up all night.
1: Yes, What happened to MC at TNT? Has he, has he disappeared forever?
2: No, no, definitely not. Uh, I did an event last year. Um, few and far between these days, you know, it's a bit of a different lifestyle is that, shall I say. Um, and getting in at five, six in the morning, trying to get to sleep and then go play cricket just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. when I mean when lockdown's over, Green Hill will have you on one evening. You, you twelve, <laughs> you don't need to until five then. So, two thousand and eleven comes along. How does um, you know what, what's what's that, what's that that the start of that season like? You know what what's your anticipation? It's Frankie's first year. Yeah, so I missed all the build up because
2: uh, I got married in April. And then not long after that, I went to Mexico for my honeymoon. Yeah, no, 2011, I say this with great pleasure, that I wasn't part of the mess up at Bake up. Uh, I was in Mexico on my honeymoon. We were bowled out by a box for 40-something the first game of the season. Yeah, that's right. Were you there watching, Stanley? I was, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, it wasn't great. We. Uh, it was touched on in... Uh, in Frankie's uh in Frankie's podcast actually. Um and I think Jez, you you in fact you talk about it, don't you, within Frankie's podcast where you say um that um the umpiring, shall we say, was uh, was a little I know we all say this, but it was terrible.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Must have Joe ever.
3: kept Joe kept the umpire um honest by uh, getting himself bowled to make it look like all the balls were it in the stumps, which uh, <laughs> which didn't go down particularly well, I don't think, but uh no, it was a, it was a strange start to the season. I remember Frankie turning up, and it was he turned up. Did you get married on the Easter Saturday then, or? or?
2: I, I got. I don't Yeah, it was a Saturday, sixteenth of April. It was a Saturday. Yeah, and I remember that
3: we'd we'd had Frankie down at the club, and it was that Good Friday when it was absolutely boiling hot, wasn't it? And uh, everyone was out on the pitch drinking. And, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Frankie was on, as he, as he said, a fairly modest salary. And then we went to Ben's wedding at the uh, the Oaks uh, yeah, on a right. Saturday. And uh, Frankie, Frankie bought. there we were literally 30 of us from the club or something. And Frankie came on and said, I'm buying you all a drink. Okay. I remember thinking, that money he's got ain't going to last that long in here. Yeah, it, uh, I do remember the uh, the start of that start of the season. But then uh, we went on a fantastic run, didn't we, after that?
2: Yeah, so I, I went on my honeymoon to Mexico after that. Um, And then when I came back, my appendix burst at practice. So I I left training in pain. Obviously, it it didn't burst at at training. Let me rephrase that. I started getting this pain during training. And then when I went home, it just got worse and worse and worse. And my appendix was about to burst, shall I say. Uh, And that is one of the most excruciating pains I've ever sort of had. Um, But having that operation to take my appendix out, Put my comeback after my honeymoon even further back uh, to well into the summer. Um, and then when I finally was fit, I played in the seconds first, I think, rightly so. Um, and then my first couple of games, single figures, nothing special. And then I got 97 against East Lanks. And that was the sort of full turning point uh, in my career, shall we say. Um, and the belief then after that was there that I could do it, I could open the bat in. Um, and I could do it at first team level.
1: Yeah, and you got 5'3'7 that year, didn't you? i just, just, yeah. You know, it's a good effort after the figures I've just given you earlier that you, you, know, you break the 500 mark for that season. In 18, in
3: 18 innings as well, Jez, looking at this.
1: Yeah, some going that. Yeah, so that's when you've, you've thought, right, I can do this now. I want to make this opening, opening role my own and, and work through that. And, you know, obviously that's a fantastically successful period throughout the club. Um, we spoke before about Charlie Cotton getting the captain, so two or three years before that and what a fantastic job he did. Um, how did you progress from there and how did you find playing under Charlie for that three or four year period?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's amazing what cementing your place can do, isn't it? You know, yeah. Again, you know, I don't blame any, any captain before that for this, but in the first team, you know, it's a decent level of cricket and, and sometimes going out there feeling like you're playing for your spot or playing for your place, which in many cases you are, because uh, you're in because someone's missing, it's quite difficult. But yeah. I'd cemented my, cemented my place, and that just bred confidence from there. And I sort of became, uh, during 2011, Charlie's right-hand man out on the on the field, really, just being a sort of general nuisance. And I suppose using some of the tricks that I'd learnt off the sort of strong Hasland and Ramsbottom teams, uh, I was starting to use those tricks to my advantage and, and feeling a little bit confident. Uh, a little bit more confident about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, that's probably you know you're already alluding to what's happened two or three years later before you got the captaincy around around Charlie. So from 2011, you know, you've you've had a great season then 2012, 2013, winning trophies, etc. How was it when you're getting then towards this? You know, you're getting a lot of runs regularly. You've got your spit, you've got your spot, and then it obviously you went pro in 2015. What were the what were you? How was the build up to that throughout the two thousand and fourteen season? Yeah,
2: so at the back end of the two thousand and thirteen year, sort of the winter of the two thousand and thirteen year, that's when the pro in offers first came along. Yeah. Um and I I actually turned down a, a bit um, to stay at Lower House, but I've got to be honest, it was very flattering and it made my ears prick up because you know you look at the stats yourself. You know, three or four seasons before that, I was a million miles away of doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but I felt I needed another good season behind me before I, I, I took the job of a pro in job. Uh, and I didn't think I was quite ready. Uh, so, you know, I committed to playing in 2014. Um, and I got off to a great start that season. Uh, but unfortunately, after a couple of games, I found myself banned and on the sidelines watching. A uh, bit of an incident at Enfield involving an umpire and a Fielding uh, boundary flag. Right. Okay.
1: Do you, can you talk us through it, or is it uh, an, another? Yeah. No. No. Yeah,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> was there, just quickly, was the umpire Ursti that um, that you fell out no. with? Was it the no, other no. It was Brian Rutter. Rutter. Sorry, Rutter. Yeah. Not Ursti. Sorry, Rutter. Yeah, and I'll I'll I, you it. know,
2: and I don't want to talk out of term and upset anybody, but I was speaking to Duke about this earlier on this afternoon. I'd already wound myself up about about. Brian before the game. Um he'd fired me, well I felt he'd fired me once or twice before this game. And I'd got off to a fantastic start that season. And before I even went out to bat, I was convinced I was gonna get fired. So I was already already wound up. And like all opening batters, you're never out, are you? Um but I've I've honestly inside edge one onto my pad off Hassan Fazal and Brian's fired me. Um and I actually got banned for Damaging the field of play or damaging cricketing equipment or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, interfering with the field of play something it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I've got to be honest, I give Brian an absolute mouthful. Um, he probably didn't hear the most of it. Uh, but then, quite funny, as I'm walking off, who put a boundary flag there? But I see the boundary flag out the corner of my eye. Take a swipe with my bat. The boundary flag goes flying smashes into pieces. But funnily enough, you know the concrete section at Enfield where, they, where the forms are. My bat's has to about 20 yards up in the air and landed on the concrete and smashed all the back of it. And one of the lads has had to go and pick it up. I'm not interested. There's a woman passing me on the steps. I give her a mouthful as well. am sorry to say, I know it doesn't sound great, but I was just absolutely, I just lost my head basically. And I deserve banning really.
1: Yeah, so that obviously started, that is only, you, you haven't even got to the end of April then. So... No, like just a
2: very quick story about that.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's... We might have to edit this bit out because my mum told me I'm not allowed to swear on these. Um, so we might have to beep it. But uh, Burnley, I, Burnley were playing at home that day, football. So I'm, I'm fairly sure I've been, to the, uh, been down to the turf. And uh, I'm, I'm, I sort of heads over to Enfield. And um, Corbus was only in about his second or third game, wasn't he? And um, so I, I heads to Enfield, drives through, parks at the back of the club at Enfield, walks down the steps where the, the thing were, And Corbus is fielding on the boundary. In front of the um front of the benches at the top there and uh as, as i walks down i said how are you doing corby and he turned around and he looked he looked at me and he pointed out to the umpire which was brian rutter i <laughs> know where you're going if i remember now he goes <laughs> stanny that cunt's guessing <laughs>
2: It's
3: funny. Don't edit it. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to beat the uh, the bomb out, and my mum will go mad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, it, it really tickled me because he was he was absolutely raging, and he's he just as he points out towards him and says that brilliant. Oh,
1: funny. From that, how many what game Emily game ban did you get from that Ben? So I got a two-game ban. Right. Um, so sat on the
2: sidelines watching for, for a couple of games I think luckily for me there was an LCB Cup game in there as well so I think it only ended up being one league game uh, and an LCB Cup game um, but yeah the story the story sort of moves on Not after sure. that and comes to sort of picking the team when I'm back available
1: Yeah so go on what happened then?
2: Um, well like I said before getting banned I'd had a decent start and obviously I'd had two or three good seasons behind me before that Um but the decision was made that I wasn't walking straight back in. Uh, wasn't walking straight back into the first team, and I've got to be, got to be honest, I didn't, didn't take that very well. Right. Well, that, well,
1: that, what were the circumstances that? Who told you that? Yeah. So
2: just to, just to yeah, just to delve into it a little bit more before then, before this season, uh, Paul Stanny had been manager, um, with, along with Charlie being the captain. But I think, if my memory serves me right, at the start of this season for whatever reason, Paul had taken a break or Charlie had wanted to have a little go on his own. So Paul wasn't involved uh, at the time. So Charlie had all this on him and it was a tricky situation looking back. Um, you know, a lot of good players at this stage vowing for a couple of positions at the top of the order. Um, it was so two Stan, from
0: 3 Won it? It was two from yeah, three, so three. The three were you, Jack Edgar and Johnny Whitehead.
2: Yeah. Um, so Stan was heavily involved um, because, you know, Paul had taken a break. And, you know, they come to the conclusion that I wasn't walking straight back in. And, uh, you know, still to this day, if I'm honest, I, I still think I was in the right or had a point to feel aggrieved. Um, I could understand that I was banned. Um, you know, I suppose it depends on which side of the fence you sit on. But ultimately, you want your best team on the field. And I felt quite strongly that I was you know, in that best 11, um, and I didn't take it very well. You know, in fact, I, I was very close to leaving, but I'm so glad I didn't, looking back, um, because that's not what I'm about. Um, so, you know, I, I bit my lip, bit my tongue, uh, and played the two second-team games and did fairly well, and, and got in a few weeks later. But uh, Matthew, I'm sure you'll remember, that period was really, really tough, and, it, you know, I don't say this with great pride, but it nearly ripped the heart out of the club at the time. It was had
3: only recently um, taken over from um, from Renners sort of the, the winter before. Um, Corbus was um, respectively my first pro signing, um, and I think I think what actually caused that the, the problem more than anything at that point was that um, Jack Jack um, Edgar had had a good start to the season as well, hadn't he? And yeah. I think we ended up in a position where um, they have to leave somebody out. Um, Ben's sort of left himself out of the team by his actions at Enfield. And not the wrongly, wrong way, I think that was what made the decision for them. They looked and they said, we've got Johnny, um, who's had a, a, an OK start. We've got Jack, who's had a good start. Ben, who's had a decent start, but let himself down. So Ben, you're the one who misses out. Um, and it, it, it was, um, perhaps wasn't handled as best it could be. I, I remember um, Ben, you spoke to Corbus sitting not to seek his views. Um, Corbus, I don't think was particularly. He was new to the club. He didn't, yeah, I
2: think I think he didn't know a lot of people at the time. He was really amazing.
3: Don't really want to get involved.
2: Yeah, I think it was um, slightly, slightly a different way around. I think Stan beat uh, Corbus's opinion, uh, and I agree with you. I don't think that there was, in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do because he just got off the plane and didn't know anybody. Yeah. So it was. It was. um
3: It was. Just, it was a, a strange time, and it's another one, isn't it, where. In hindsight, when you look back now, because ultimately what, what it all finishes with this is that we leave Jack Edgar out a few weeks later. Ben gets back in, gets a score. I think Ben, I, I can't remember
2: the, the exact. Yeah, I did, uh, did all right, slowly. Slowly got back, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think Ben gets a score. Jack has a bit of a sticky patch. We leave Jack out and he hasn't played um, a game for the club since, I think, to my, to my knowledge.
2: Yeah, So that's right.
3: Um, it's one of those where we were always going to upset somebody i think at the point that ben came back we started by upsetting ben ended up uh, upsetting jack and sadly lost one of those one of those players along the way but uh, yeah difficult times uh, what month
1: would we be in when that when that was happening Stanley?
3: may uh, may when it started may around the bank holiday weekend of may right and um, maybe just a bit later right so
1: yeah. Yeah, and I suppose Fergus is in and, and doing a job. Johnny Russell Russell's
3: there. Matt Walker. There's some great players there. Johnny White to yeah, the There is, like I say, it was one of those teams where it was full of good players. Yeah. Um, and I think if Jack hadn't hadn't have had the start to the season he'd had, he would obviously have been the one that missed out. But I think it was just one of those things where, well, Jack's had a good start. You've let yourself down ben, by your actions. Uh, and I remember Ben. I vividly remember Ben saying to me at, at the time, "I'm being punished twice." And he's, he's probably right in saying that, isn't he? He is to some extent. You've you've, you've served your, your your punishment for the uh, discretion and then you you're punished again a couple of weeks later when you're not picked for the team. So it was probably right in saying that. But
0: Yeah. Should have dropped Finch. Finch was playing, should have binned him off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but just to touch up on this, uh, Jazz, I was having this discussion with uh, Duke earlier. Um, uh, just for the listeners and, and people who, who, uh, who don't play the game but come down watching and, and have seen me, uh, you know, going out to bat in big games. That day, the first, I played two second team games before I got back in the side. I played at Tomodon, the first one, and I played at Accrington, I played against Accrington at home in the second one. And those first few overs at Tomodon for the second team is the most nervous I've ever felt in any game. And that's just being honest. And I know I've played in Worsley Cup finals. I've had a first bowler in a Worsley Cup final against Burnley. Um but I, but I can say, hand on heart, I put so much pressure and I was so wind up, put so much pressure on myself that day at Tommerdon. Uh, and luckily I did get a score, but the first 20 runs must have been the, more, the, <laughs> the most ugly 20 I've ever got. And I was just, you know, I was shaking wreck when
1: I went out to yeah. bat. Yeah, no, it's it funny, that, funny how that can happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you're putting yourself under so much pressure. Can, can I introduce please, The b- you? So Ben, with the, the 2016 season, it's your first year back. Um, there's a game that comes to mind: at Burnley at home. Uh, we get stuffed, but there is some interesting images that, uh, that we've got around some incidents that went on. W- what occurred there? We had uh, Dieter as our pro. What happened there? Yeah, well, uh, as you
2: pointed out, Jez, it was my first Derby game back. And yeah. It was Dieter's first Derby game. And I think the lads had been you know, building it up during the week. They might have been a little bit in the press and on social media. Um, and I think Burnley... Uh, uh, maybe won the league the season before that, two thousand and fifteen, um, or, or definitely won it uh, pretty recently. So you know, a decent side. Um, so you know, you could uh, you could feel the atmosphere before the game. Busy day, busy derby game. We've got a fast bowler who's a bit of a loose cannon at times uh, in our ranks, uh, and they've got some quick bowlers as well in them and Tom Lawson. Um, and for once, it wasn't me who who, who started all the aggro. Right. It wasn't my- it wasn't Michael Kelly either, which is surprising. Um, it was actually uh, young Tom Lawson. Uh, and I say young because um, the incident that started it all uh, was an appeal down the leg side for a court behind uh, while Dieter was on strike. Umpire says, no, I... And Tom Lawson then goes on to give Dieter the biggest mouthful I've ever witnessed from a lad of that age uh, and some really offensive words in there. And he might deny it, but, you know, I was at the non strikers end and I can remember... Uh, and Dieter didn't take very kindly to this. I started, <laughs> started walking after him back to his mark, uh, and the game just ground to a halt. Um, before you know it, sort of surrounded by Burnley players, getting it from all angles, um, um, one of which was Vishal Chopathy. And as I've already alluded to earlier on, uh, me and, v- and Vishal were very close, um, and I was used to getting stick off Barrett or, or sledging, however you want to put it. I was used to that, that's always happened. Um, but I'm not mu- i not received much off, uh, off shot. Um and I did take two can to that that day. You know, it sort of shocked me. Yeah, uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, and then from that moment, you know, you're talking early do- early doors here in the game and we weren't doing very well. Yeah. Um, from that moment, um, the game was just on a knife edge. Uh, and to be honest, the, the umpires didn't have control of it. Uh, and it wasn't a
1: very pleasant game, if I'm on it. No, and like, you know, we we got stuff with, uh, you know, 14, 15 overs to go. I was on the game, I remember it was. It was just so unpleasant. You know, they beat us fair and square. Um, you know, it wasn't pleasant at all. And I remember Charlie batting. Uh, he, he, he got, you know, I think we we're 121 for nine or something ridiculous. And then Charlie and Lewis put on quite a few. And then they start, the Burnley players start having a pop at Lewis, which... You know, we all know what Lewis is like. They might not, but um, it did, did appear a little bit unkind. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, the that
3: you, is that the point you jumped off the deck and
2: ran back on the pitch, Ben?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, not one of my uh,
2: proudest moments, but, you know, I'm, I'd like to think, regardless of what people think of me across the league or in any walk of life, I'd like to think that um, I'm, I'm a fair bloke and a man of principle. Um, and I'll stick up for my muckers as well. That's one thing I will say. Yeah. Um, and from, from from how I could see it, um, it was the end of the innings, and they were following Charlie and and Lewis off and and getting in Lewis's face a little bit. And I just didn't take too kindly to that. Um, didn't sit well well didn't sit well with me at all. Um, so I felt like I had to do something and stick up for my pals a little bit. Um, so it did involve me. Going back onto the field of
1: play, which I probably shouldn't have done. These things happen, Ben. These things happen. You've, you know, you've come back in that 2016. Obviously, it's massively welcome back. Um, one of our long get back into routine of playing first eleven cricket and get us back into to winning ways. And then you've got the captaincy in 2017. Um, obviously very, very proud to, to carry that role. Um, what's your thoughts around the, the couple of years around your captaincy, the two or three years, and, and how are you feeling, how that went?
2: Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely incomplete at the moment. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near finished what I set out to do, um, and I have enjoyed it, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pleased that my own performances have, have managed to stay for the majority at a decent level. Um, because there was a bit of a thing made about the fact that, uh, and rightly so, that you know that Charlie had dropped himself down the order a little bit too far and got a little bit silly in that respect. Um, so I was adamant that I was going to be captain, stick my chest out, and go and open the batting. Um, yeah. So I'm pleased about that. Um, obviously, we've had a Worsley Cup win along the way and an LCB Cup final um, appearance. That you know that day especially, we'll, I think we'll get onto that in a minute. But that day especially will will always stay with me. Um, but I suppose overall, Jess, I'm fairly happy. It's had its ups, yeah. ups and downs. Um, last year was very very tough. I'm not going to lie, very very tough. Obviously, passing on my granddad during the season was very difficult for me and my uncle and my family. Um, but then it, we just never got. I don't know. Just I've never settled or never found the right formula. We were there or thereabouts, and then had a terrible finish. But you know along with my gran- the, the passing of my granddad, there was a lot of other off the field stuff going on last year that, that was difficult, and I'm sure dude will back me up.
1: Come on, dude <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: it was just like what we were talking about earlier about you know some players making it a little bit difficult, um, during the week and at weekends. I mean, during the week's fine because you can park it when you get to weekends, but if that that kind of behaviour spills over into games, then it causes a problem, not just for that individual, but for everybody else who's in the immediate vicinity.
1: Well, I was listening to a podcast today, I don't know who it was, or walking around, and, uh, oh no, sorry, it was yesterday, and really interesting, it was a footballer, and he said, one, you know, bad apple, and it doesn't need to be a noisy apple, it doesn't need to be someone that's, that's high-profile, can really upset a dressing room. And I thought about it as, I'm well, you know what, you're right there. You can have the best players in the world and, you know, competent players. You only need that one little mischief maker that is stirring up the, you know, way outside the dressing room. And that, again, you know, are we in a position we can, you know, leave these sort of players out? I don't know. I don't mm. know, Ben. You know, it's, it's it's tough on the captain. It's, you know, Joe's doing a great job supporting you. But they are tough decisions, aren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Duce is absolutely right. We've alluded to it earlier on. And, you know, certain players uh, in and out of the side, but, you know, did get opportunities at different stages. Might not have been the biggest of opportunities, but certainly weren't in the side as fielders, shall we say. Uh, And I, I, you know, I I like people playing with me who, you know, you, you don't have to be tough and strong or aggressive, but. I like people who can who can grit the teeth and try and get through a little bit of adversity. Um, pretty similar to some of the stuff that I've been through that we've spoken about on this podcast. And I think that's you know that's what's being a team and that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, you no, know, I, I, I agree with you, Ben. And it's sometimes you know I, I think I had this conversation with Frankie. I think you edited it, Stanley. That it's not the you know you're you're 170 against Great Harwood oh, or a fantastic seven or eight foot. You know, it's someone who's batting at eight just. You know, the ball keys, you know, do chew you were an expert when you were a lot younger before you've, you you mastered that cross bat straight eight for six where you just make sure it hit your pads swap. and swap back straight back. It still is, it works. It's back in the straight, it back were parallel with the floor, but it still went into school. Into school. Just someone that could let you know, Joe would understand that right, I need to just manipulate this field a little bit. We're not going anywhere. So two leg buys, then you get the pro, it's two fours. Then all of a sudden, the amateur gets a few runs and the game's won and no one's... The scorecards don't read anything, but it's just that art of winning, just that art of doing something different. I don't know, it's tough. It is tough. Frankie touched on it, didn't he, Jez? Where he, he, Frankie sort of did it
3: in a, in a subtle manner in, in his podcast. He names Ben as a, as a um, an outstanding player in the 2011 season, but then says that the rest of the players around it just did little bits and, and didn't necessarily... Yeah. Contribute massive amount, but he also touches on the fact that, that in his opinion, all those players—they were young, they were up and coming, they were coming through—they were happy with a the lot. Where they were happy just to be there at that point and yeah. just to be part of this juggernaut that got that got rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's only when the years progress, and um, it, again, as we've touched on earlier, that there's not roles for everybody. That you start then to get a little bit of friction within your camp, don't you? Where where everyone wants to be. Be the star player. Um, and it, not everyone
0: can be. Unfortunately, yeah. This is the game that we play. You cannot. You yeah. cannot have a team of eleven blazers or six no. blazers and five Jezzers it, it just simply does not work. No. You know, there's not enough for all of them to do every week. Yeah, exactly. Or for large chunks of the season, there's not enough for it all of them to do and keep and keep at that level. So I, I think that's why. You know, it, it attracts a lot of a lot of players because yeah. people like me. You can you can get by in a side,
1: yeah.
0: you know, contributing three or four times a season, five times a season maybe. But then five times without them, the side maybe doesn't get get over the line. But you know, my stats when you look back at a career for those types of player, a shark looking at stats on a piece of paper. But there's there's a bit more to it than that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, but it's how we get that across, isn't it, or how, you know, as a club, Ben, so that's that's fantastic, you know, what you've said there, it's work in progress, you realise that there's there's things to happen, you know, we've got a great MD and committee around that will listen to you around professionals and, you know, the the amateurs that come into the game, they're moving a lot more than than they have done previously, but, you know, I think the club's in a, a great position, having you as a first team captain, and what, Matt, have you got any thoughts on Ben's performance over the last couple of years? Yeah, I I think um Ben's grown as a captain
3: um as he's as he's gone along. I think what he, he would probably admit himself um in his first season, um maybe a a little bit sort of intense in his in his ways and that, that maybe sometimes switches certain people, not not switches them off, but they don't necessarily always go along at that level of intensity and when you are that intense it's difficult to accept that somebody else is quite quite there with you. I think one of the challenges for Ben um, since he's been captain um, is that he's never had a chance to pick his own pro as well um, and I think that's one of my big frustrations about the current situation we found ourselves in this year. That, that Effectively when Ben took the captaincy um, we'd already signed Hockey before uh, Charlie decided to, to stand down um and um and then Oki had a, a good season, we we re-sign him, he then gets injured, it's the right thing to do to re-sign him. So he's he's effectively had three captain three seasons as captain then, um, where he's not had that opportunity to actually make his own stamp on that. And with an amateur team, uh, often the pros the only thing you can change, isn't it? You can especially a club like us where we, we generate our own players, so to speak. Um um, the pro is the only thing that you can sort of influence and change to freshen things up, and I, Ben will, I'm sure Ben will talk about it. But I think that that's probably been something that's been difficult for him because he's, he's where we've given him the pro this year. He had his full say in who the pro was going to be. Uh, I'm sure he's as frustrated as I am that we're not uh, we're not getting to see that. on See so how that's all uh, pans out right now.
1: Yeah, but it's good to you know it's good to hear that, that that's what the club are allowing the first team skipper to do, and I'm sure you know let's see you know next year you know if we can get him back uh, and if we can't then let's let's listen to what um, you know what Ben wants for the, for for his amateurs. Do is there anything about Ben's captaincy? You know he spoke very well around it all. I'm sure you'll bring him down in flames. <laughs>
0: I uh, just wanted to mention a point that me and Gary discussed on a previous podcast about captaincy and you touched on how it impacts you as a player and me and Gary kind of come to a landing that we, we thought that captain captaincy perhaps is better suited to somebody who has a slightly lesser role in the team. Mm. Obviously, you're captaining and opening the batting, two huge roles to consider every time you go out to play and First of all, I would imagine it's very draining, you know, coming off the field. I remember coming off the field as a captain sometimes at the end of the in fielding innings, thinking "fucking hell," and I, I need half an hour here because I'm absolutely spinning. So then, for you, then to have to do that and then go out to bat must be must be difficult. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it no, it is, and uh, you know, I uh, I take great pride in in the fact that uh, you know I've still been a a huge contributor to the team. While I've been captain, uh, but you're absolutely right, and especially, you know, triple headers, some of the players in the dressing room as well, even though I love them to bits. You've got people like Frankie in there who just don't stop and just waffle and talk shy. Um, But yeah, no, you know, you lose the toss on a warm day, you fag some leather, you don't have any tea because you're about to strap up and go out to that. So yeah, no, I I do take pride in that and and I was adamant I was going to try and stay... Uh, the best player I could be. Uh, And like I say, didn't have the best year last year, still managed to score a few and contribute, but there was lots going on uh, around my head, uh, around the inside of my head, should I say, at certain times. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward now. Uh, Yeah, just looking forward. Whatever's gone on before has gone, um, and I'm still hungry uh, to go on and win some trophies.
1: Fantastic. That's great to hear, Ben. Um, Again, you know, Let's hope we get a little bit of cricket this year. If we don't, then let's get ready for the year after. But as we've all, you know, you've a lot of support at the club. There's a lot of people there wishing, you know, willing to either listen or, you know, no one will push their noses in. But don't be scared of allocating stuff. Don't be scared of giving people you know the role of an individual leader and let them you know get the ropes but more importantly if you're ever in doubt whether you should bat or bowl yourself do it and then worry about it afterwards whereas a lot of other captains have done it the other way you think no i'll not do it now um and then I might do it next time, and it's a lot of bollocks. So um, if, there's, if there's nothing else from our presenters... Uh, just one, you know, one little thing, yeah. Jez, I'd
3: like to just add at the end as a bit of a, a sort of wrapping-up thing. I think it's been fascinating, really, it's because he, when we look at Ben, we think Ben's been at Warehouse all his life, effectively. He's always been around the place and what have you. But we've heard all these stories tonight, haven't we? Um, it's not all been straightforward. It's not all been plain sailing. There's been doubts and things along the way for him that perhaps um, the listeners, ourselves even, who've been close to him all these years, um, maybe didn't appreciate or understand along the way. But then we've, we've got a player whose um, captain is decorated in, in Safari's so as um, um, honours within the league. But then... From a personal point of view, um, 70-odd in a Worsley Cup final, 70-odd in a T20 final, 60-odd in a LCB Cup semi-final, 80-odd in a Worsley Cup semi-final. And I'm sure there's others that I've missed off that have been sort of crucial knocks along the way. And it just shows you, doesn't it, that all that stuff that, that Ben's talked about has been massively character building. And, and he's a big game player who does it when it when it really matters.
1: Yeah, no, they're great words, that Stanley. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks very much for uh, your contributions. Uh, we'll no get problem. As soon as possible, and uh, good luck for uh, for next year.
2: No problem. Can I just
1: uh, just slip one last thing in there, Jess? Of course.
2: Jez? You can. Of course um, you can. Sorry to be a bit soppy, uh, but I just want to say a big thank you to my wife, Shelley Heap. Um, it's not easy being a cricketing wife and the mum at the same time during a hectic season. And honestly, uh, she's a diamond and she deserves a gold medal because, you know, as as it's it's no secret that um, my daughter's doing very well and she's up and down the country playing everywhere in a normal summer and then she comes and supports me every game as well. So a big shout out to her.
1: Very nice of you that, Ben. Well All done, you, Ben. Well done.
2: Cheers, fellas. I've really enjoyed that. See you soon. Nice, it's been good. Cheers, everyone. Later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Holden,
0: holden, send more house to save the house.